Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. It's still a wonder-working power. The blood of Jesus Christ is still what cleanses men from their sins. And even though your sins be many, Isaiah said they can be made white as snow. White as wool, he said. (laughs) I'm glad to be saved. I'm glad, friend, that there was a pardon given to me when I was sentenced to die. Dead already in my sins and trespasses. Condemned in my sin. And yet a pardon came from the only one that could pardon. A pardon came, not because my sins were going to be overlooked, no, because somebody else paid the price for them. That's how we're saved today. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. You're saved solely through the work of Jesus Christ. That alone has power to save That's the only power there's ever been. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved today. Turn with us to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter number 27. I want to share uh, our heart today and trust that if you're here today that you'll respond to the gospel. Now, uh, road signs are important. And I try to pay attention to road signs. And I like them that have the messages and they flash them. And when I see them, I, I slow down because I want to see what it says because sometimes it can be really helpful. Uh, but if the road sign says that the bridge is out and you keep on going, that's not their fault, it's yours. If you miss heaven today, it won't be because there weren't any preachers. And it won't be because they didn't preach. If you go to hell, it'll be because you rejected the message. You wouldn't receive the message. I'm here to tell you today, it's true, there's a hell. People are going off into it every day. And you will too if you don't get saved. I've got some good news. Amen. He wants to save you today. He wants to save you. Well, Acts chapter number 27, we'll begin, just read a few verses, beginning at verse number 20. Apostle Paul was on a ship. They'd set out. He warned them not to leave, and they did. And here they've fallen in the middle of a a tempest, a great storm that has tossed them and battered the ship, and they've done everything they could. And Finally, it just seems like all hope is gone. I want to read you that part. Verse number 20, the Bible said, When neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and have not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. 
For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Father, thank you for your word, for the encouragement in it, and we pray, God, for every soul. I don't know who needs this. Maybe it's just me, but I pray, God, that you'd speak, that our souls would be set on fire with this tree. God, that we might live in victory and not defeat and recognize that there are no circumstances of life that can dictate or overrule your promises of care and giving to each one of us. We bless you. We praise you as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When you get to the end of the road, you ever thought about where you're at? You ever thought about where the end of the road takes you? If you've ever lived on a dead-end road and you was the last house, you know, you'd, you'd say, well, that road will take you to my house. I'm at the very end. Some of us have been at the end. <laughs> Some of us have been at the end of our road before. Some, when, you, when you're holding on, gabbing to that proverbial rope, and it seems you've got to the end of that rope and there ain't no more rope to hold on to. Amen. As the old saying says, tie not, hang on. When you get to the end of the rope, you just hold on. You say, well, is that good advice? Well, here's what I can tell you. When you get to the end of the rope, you've always reached God. For the child of God, the end of the rope, the end of the road, the end of the journey, the hard day, all of those things will lead you right into the palms of one that has never forsaken you, has never left you, will help you, will lift you up, will restore you, will re- will do everything the Lord that the world has taken away. You've got a God who's at the end of the road. Yeah, he's been there with me all the way. But I want you to know, friend, at the end of the road, there's a lot of people dread that place, but they, we've all been there. Everyone, if you've been a Christian any amount of time at all, you've been to that place where you've said, Lord, I don't know where you're at. Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, I can't seem to see a ray of light in this dark and stormy time. I don't know whether to go left. I don't know whether to go right. You've been to that place where you despaired of hope and you thought that it was all lost and that it was all gone and then God showed up. You ever wonder why that is? Well, then the road's where God's at. Amen. Thank God for the day that I come to the end of my road physically, mentally, spiritually. When I got lost, friend, I ended up where God was at. God's at the end of your road. Yeah, when everything else is lost, you're going to find <laughs> there's something you can count on. God will be there. Well, you say, preacher, I thought God said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. He ain't. 
you likely got to the end of the road with him carrying you. <laughs> Amen. He's right there with you, wasn't he? He never left you, not one step of the way. Amen. You've had your eyes shut with fear. You've wondered what's going on. How am I going to get out of this? Thank God. He ain't never left me. Amen. But when my mind is, it is in the turmoil of this world, and when the devil seems like he's had a day with me, and he's got everything upside down, I want you to know that I set on a path one day, and that the devils of hell can't get me off I'm walking in the path friend that leads to that bright and wonderful day and I'll tell you right now God has always been at the end of my road He's at the end of my road. He's at the end of my road. I'll tell you, I've lived long enough now, amen, to look the devil in the eye and say, I don't care what you say. God has proven that in every circumstance of my life, he won't leave me. He's going to help me. Well, I try, you see, and you do too. When we get in these fixes, when we get in a mess, sometimes, amen, the enemy attacks us. Sometimes it's our own fault. But regardless, you get in a shape, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you right now, it wasn't that the Paul, that the Apostle Paul, that he hadn't been a praying. He had been. It wasn't that he wasn't doing the will of God and he was being chastened. He wasn't. Amen. Here was a man that was obeying the voice of God. The reason he got on that boat was because God told him, you've got to go to Rome and you're going to go to Rome and you're going to witness to Caesar and brother apostle Paul was going to do it now he warned them when they set out there he said we oughtn't to leave he said this is going to come at a great cost and it did no Paul wasn't in the, he wasn't in the wrong and sometimes as the people of God it ain't because you've sinned that you got problems it's because you're breathing <laughs> amen you ain't better no better than the next man <laughs> Amen, your flesh just falling as everybody else's and you're going to need help every step of the way and you may be doing good right now and I bless God for it. I pray for you that he would help you, that he'll help you with every need that you've got. But here's what I'll tell you. It don't mean you're exempt from trouble just because we're pre-tribulation. Don't mean we're pre-trouble. We're going to have hard things happen to us, friend. You're not exempt from the hard things. But I'm here to encourage you today. God! God's in the hard things too. Yeah. Them three old boys, they said, we ain't bowing. <laughs> he said, I'm going to throw you in this furnace. He said, I don't care what you do, we ain't going to bow. Amen, you can throw us in there if that's what you want to do, but our God is able. Amen, they said, our God will deliver us, but even if he don't, said, we ain't going to bow. <laughs> Amen. That sounded like the end of the road for them, didn't it? I bet there's some of them Rogers watching them say that's the end of them. That's it for them. You can write them off. We won't see them fellas no more. Amen. They bound them up and drug them up wherever that furnace was and got ready to throw it in the fire so hot. Amen. That it killed the men that was throwing them in. And they throwed them off in there and said, well, that's the end of Shadrach. That's the end of McBendigo. We'll never see old Meshach again. That was the end of the road. But they throw, <laughs> they throw them right in on top of the Lord. <laughs> I'll tell you where the end of the road is. <laughs> You'll find God at it for his children. 
Amen. You ain't never got to the end of the road with God's people. Amen. And found out somehow he'd gone on vacation. Somehow he'd forgot them. Somehow he wasn't watching. No. Every road for the children of God has God in it. <laughs> yeah. They said, well, hey, them boys, they're goners. <laughs> yep. They told old Daniel, said, you can't pray no more. He said, watch me. He went right back to the house. He threw them windows open and right back to the east. He started crying out to God. They watched him. He prayed that morning. He prayed again in the noon. He prayed again at night just like he always had. He didn't care what the king's decree said. And the brother, the next day they were there and they grounded up old Daniel and they took him to that lion's den and they threw him in there. I bet they thought, well, that's the end of him. We'll never have to worry about that man. We'll never have to be jealous over him being smarter than us or having this God at his help. I want you to know they put him right in the place where God was. Bunch of hungry lions. Yeah, you may think, well, this is it for me. I'm just here to tell you, you don't know what you're talking about. Amen. For the child of God, I'll tell you what's it for me. When I step through the gates, <laughs> Amen. And I see the place that he promised I was going to go. You say, preacher, what's at the end of the road? Well, I ain't never found nothing but God at the end of my roads. When I get to the end of my wits, when I get to the end of my rope, when I get to the place I can't answer nothing else, and I give up on this world, and brother, when I start looking up, I find out that God has been there all the way. And friend, it's when I get to the end, friend, that he starts leading me back out of there. What a good God. Some of you attend to your rope. I'm just here to tell you that ain't a bad place. I'm just telling you, you get the end of that thing, you tie the knots, and I'm going to hold on. I'm going to make it. No, you ain't just turn loose. What I'm saying to you is he's right there. As soon as you turn loose, you're going to fall right in the hands of a merciful, omniscient, all-powerful God. Brother, he has never lost a battle, and he ain't going to lose yours. He's going to help you. He's going to fix you. He's going to revive you. He's going to restore you. He'll, he'll take what the, the locusts have eaten and give it back. Brother, we've got a God today that's always with his children. End of the rope, yeah. End of the road for them old boys. And yet, the Bible said, no, <laughs> old Daniel got in that lion's den. The Bible said the old king worried himself to death from his stupid decree, his foolishness. Didn't, didn't sleep a wink, wouldn't eat, wouldn't drink. Worried about it all night long, wouldn't have no music, nothing. That next morning, about the time sun, sun started coming up, he was trucking it across the field. He run up to that old lion's den. He hollered down in there. He said, oh, Daniel, has thy God whom thou servest continued delivered thee? I've always wondered if he woke him up. <laughs> but when old Daniel got to the end of the road, what he found was God make a big fat line a nice pillar. God make a bunch of hungry lines warm coats to keep him through the night. I can hear old Daniel down at the end of the road. Hey, old king! Yeah, he 
he said, for my God has sent his angel this night and shut these lion's mouths. Somehow or another, he said, they ain't hungry no more. You say you get to the end of the road, the lions ain't hungry. I'm just telling you what Daniel said. <laughs> I'm like the apostle Paul. Be of good cheer, sirs, I believe God. And God said. And you see, Paul had done said. He said, now Luke was writing this. So it may have been Luke really thinking it. But Luke said, when we had not seen the sun or stars for many days. Amen. He said the tempest was upon us. We thought for sure. He said, he said at that moment, he said it, it absolutely appeared that all hope was taken away. He said, I believed I was a dead man. That was Luke, see. The physician, he's along with Paul at wherever he went mostly. But old Luke was writing. He said, we thought for sure we was dead. We thought for sure this was it. We thought for sure this must be the divine counsel of God because he ain't shown me a star. We ain't seen the sun. We ain't had anything but a tempest upon us for day after day after day. And he said, we have lightened the load. We've thrown the tackling of the ship out. We've emptied the cargo. We've done everything we can do. They got to the end of the way. They got to the end of the rope. They can't go no farther. And God shows up. <laughs> Amen. Some of you thinking, he could have come a little sooner, right? Ain't that the way Martha was that day? Amen. They sent word to Jesus and plenty of time. He could have made it to Bethany from where he was at. But the Bible said that he tarried. He didn't go on purpose. How come? They needed to get to an end of a road so that they might know that he is at the end of that road. What road? Well, this one was the ultimate end. Lazarus died. And then Jesus starts heading to Bethany. Told them boys, he said, I'm glad for your sakes that he's dead or that he sleepeth. And they said, well, if he sleepeth, he's all right. And the Lord told him, he said, he's dead, all right? And he just, he's dead. And he said, I'm glad for your sakes that he is. That you might know the glory of God. They rolled him there. Amen. Oh, Martha, come out there. They said, Lord, she said, if you'd been here, I know my brother wouldn't, wouldn't have died. If you'd been here, see, if you'd been here, but it's too late. We done got the end of that road, and all hope has been taken away. All hope has been taken away. And Jesus asked her, he asked her, he said, hey, do you believe your brother will rise again? <laughs> Now, let me tell you, the answer to all good questions is at the end of your road. That's where they're at. That's when you can't answer it no more, when you've given up on every other thing, when all hope is taken away, when you get to the end of the rope, friend, you're going to find out that's when God will give you the answer you've been looking for. He said, do you believe that your brother can rise again? She said, well, yeah, I believe it, that he'll rise again at the resurrection at the last day. See, if they'd never got the end of that road, they wouldn't know this right here. He looked at Martha and he said, I am the resurrection. <laughs> I like to applaud him sometimes. 
that was good. Amen. He, he let them get to the end of their road. But what they found at the end of the road was that Jesus was there. He wasn't late, but he was right on time. He said, I am the resurrection. Amen. And the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Do you believe this, Martha? <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, got to the end of the road. Luke said, we've done everything we can do. Doesn't look like they, all hope's taken away. Ain't nothing else we can do. And the Bible said that after long abstinence, Paul spoke up the next day. And he said, brethren, be of good cheer. <laughs> he said, we all thought we were goners, including him, I believe. Every one of them thought they wasn't making it off that ship alive. They were going to go down in the sea. And yet Paul said, be of good cheer. He said, for this very night. What night? That night. What night? The, the night that was the end of the road. The night was the end of the rope. The night that they were at the end of their wits, that they had done everything they could do. The night when they couldn't do anything else. That's when God stood beside Paul. Lisa, I've wondered many times, said, Lord, where are you? I could, need, I could use your help right now. But I've always found that he's impeccable on his timing. Right, absolutely perfect. He's never been late. Amen. I might have thought he is late, but he ain't never been late. No, he got there right at the very point that I needed to be at, where I would see that it was him, not me, that it was him, not not you, that it was him, not the church. We need to recognize, friend, that when we get to the end of our road, you found God. That's a good place to get to. The Bible said in the 20th chapter of Jeremiah, he'd got himself to that place. Old Jeremiah had signed up for a hard job. I say signed up for it. He got appointed by God, amen, to do the most, the hardest jobs ever been asked a man to do. Him and, jo- him and Noah knew all about what hard was. Him and Noah understood what it was like to preach to people for year after year after year. And they make fun of you. And they mock you. And, 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 they, and they do everything to despise what you're doing. Noah didn't get any help from them to build that ark. Noah didn't get any converts. Noah didn't see anybody acknowledge the truth of God in his day. And yet for 120 years he went ahead and preached. And brother, it come to the end of the road one day. And God said to Noah, get on the ship. Get on the boat. And God shut the door. And then every day that he preached suddenly was worth it. Everything that he done was suddenly worth it. When he recognized that the salvation of God was always at the end of this road. He just had to get to the end of it. He just had to get to the end of it. Jeremiah had been asked to preach to a people that were stiff-necked and hard-hearted. A people that had rejected God, that had worshipped other gods, that had offered their own children unto other gods, and this was God's people doing it. Old Jeremiah had been called into a, a stiff-necked, gainsaying people who that every time he preached to them, they spit at him, and they mocked him, and they ridiculed him, and they laughed at him, and they did everything. Well, finally, in chapter number 20 of Jeremiah, you'll find that, that old pastor laid his hands on him. Up to this point, Jeremiah had been unscathed by the persecution up to this point he had listened to their banner he had listened to them call him names he had listened to him ridicule and humiliate him and laugh at his words up to this point they hadn't put their hands on him but here old pastor the bible said put old Jeremiah in stocks locked him up abused him there and we find that Jeremiah had reached his limit 
Jeremiah had got to the end of his road. <laughs> it was hurting him now. It was hurting him. It was hard to hold on. Now, it had gone from just lip service and all of these people are carrying on and rejecting him, but now it was costing him even deeper. The Bible said old Jeremiah decided he was going to resign. He was going to retire from this preaching stuff. The benefits wasn't very good. He was going to give this up. Made up his mind, I'm done with this. He had plenty of good reasons. I was looking in the chapter that I in verse chapter number twenty. The Bible said that all those people wouldn't listen to what he said. He didn't have one convert that I'm aware of. He didn't have any of them saying, "Yep, you're right, Jeremiah. We ought to do what God says. We ought to fall in him and just repent and get right with God." But none of them did. His leaders was against him. His leaders was against him. But I want you to see something about what happened to Jeremiah. Amen, it caught my attention when I read this. Jeremiah chapter number 20, verse number 7. I want you to see the place Jeremiah got to. Yeah, the people had rejected him. Yeah, the, the leaders had rejected him and now were persecuting him physically. But Jeremiah got to such a point he started to think that God had deceived him. So I'd never get there, preacher. You better not say that. Jeremiah said in verse number 7, he said, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stranger, stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. Jeremiah said, you know, it's one thing for these people to count me out. you, You can find, I believe it's in verse number 10, where it said that they were just... They were just counting down the days for old Jeremiah to quit. They were watching for his halting. They were watching for him to give up. You know, you, you, you see a wrestling match, and you see one of them go down to the mat, and they go to counting. Right? All it takes is three, and you win. If you can hold that fella down on the mat, both shoulders, for three seconds, you got it. He had some of them over there counting him down. Old Jeremiah's down. We ain't going to have to listen to his mouth no more. We ain't going to have to listen to that preaching no more. We ain't going to have to listen to him go on about God having a word for us anymore. No, he said he's almost out. One, two, and they thought old Jeremiah, he was gone. Jeremiah could take that. Then he got to thinking, feels like God ain't with me. Feels like God has deceived me now. Feels like I ain't got no help. You say, was he? Yeah, he's at the end. He's at the end of his own personal rope. He was at that place where he couldn't go no farther. Couldn't go no farther. You know what Jeremiah did? He said, I quit. I quit. I ain't doing this no more. I'm not doing this no more. But you know what got him? That's what caught me, is when he thought that God had deceived. Because when you get to the place personally that you think somehow God has lost his control 
or that God is not keeping his promises. You will let yourself be convinced that he no longer cares for you or will carry you out of that situation. And that is a place where the devil can work. That is a place where he will bring you to that end of your road. Amen. Where you just pick up everything and you throw it in the middle and say, I'm done. I ain't going back. I quit. I ain't doing anything else. (laughs) Well, by the way, if you're in Jeremiah, you know there's a lot more chapters. (laughs) What's that mean? He couldn't quit. Because <laughs> what he found at the end of his road was that God was there. How so? He said, I'm not going to make mention of you anymore. I'm not going to do it. And in the same verse, he said, but... There was a fire. <laughs> he said, but there was a fire which set up my bones that I could not forbear it. He stood back up and he said to them, but the Lord is with me. You know how he knew the Lord was with him? When the fire came. I like the fire, don't you? <laughs> Amen. The fire makes everything better. When you get to the place you feel like I can't go no farther. I'm going to quit. God ain't with me. Brother, it's the fire that'll help you. You'll find the fire of God at the end of every good road. Old Jeremiah went back to preaching. Come get a song. Let me share this one. Let me share this one. The Bible said that old Elijah, in the middle of that drought, he'd went down to that brook and the ravens had fed him and he'd drunk from that little brook. And then it dried up. God told him, he said, you go down to Zarephath. And he said, there'll be a widow there. He said, I've commanded her to sustain you. Now, I don't actually know that God ever told the widow anything about this. All I know is that God knew she was going to take care of him. Well, old Elijah, he made his way to Zarephath. And I'm not going to tell you about Elijah. I want to tell you about the widow. I want to tell you about this. Well, she wasn't a widow yet. She had one son, but her her husband was dead. She wasn't a a widow indeed. She had a son. But her husband was dead. And there, of course, a great drought in the land, and nobody had anything. Right? There wasn't no welfare, no Social Security. Nobody had nothing. There wasn't no food because there hadn't been no rain in three years. They didn't have nothing. I thought in my mind this week, Abby, I thought, I thought this, this old woman woke up one day and she said, this it. Hmm? You, you woke up one morning and said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, I know what I got. And it's, 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 about this, it's about this much. That's all I got. Just see it. I thought in my mind's eye, I may be wrong. I'm going to ask her when I get to heaven. But I thought in my mind's eye, she probably waited around a little bit. She knew this is the last thing she'd ever get to eat. But finally she said, well, might as well get up. I need a couple of sticks. Won't take no more than a couple of little sticks to make a fire long enough to make half a biscuit. And she goes to walking out. 
end of a road, see. All hope taken away. She didn't have nothing to look forward to. She was going out there. How you know? Because she said as much to Elijah. She told him exactly what she was fixing to do. She headed out there. And she got over there and she saw a stick, I believe. That's what I keep thinking. She saw a stick. And I believe she started to get that stick. Somebody hollered there. And there's old Elijah walking through the gate of the city. When he saw her, he knew. He knew that was her. And he said, hey. He said, would you fetch me a little water in a vessel and bring it to me that I may drink? Now, let me tell you, they didn't have no water. The only water they had was what little bit was still left in the well. And all Elijah was going to get was a little bit, if she could get it out of that well still. She recognized him as the man of God. I love this. And she went ahead and did what God said. She went ahead and did what God said. The man of God said, hey, fetch me a little water in a vessel and bring it to me that I can drink. All right. She just did what God said. Let me give you some advice. When you get to the end of your robe and you hear that little still small voice say, hey, you need to do this. Just do it. Even though you think it's still the end, even though you, you realize that what you're doing ain't going to change anything, any circumstances in your life, and you're still going to end up dead or you're going to end up without. Brother, let me tell you, just do what God said when you get to the end of the road. I can see her in my mind. All right. And she just turns away from Elijah and she starts heading to that well. And he said, hey. He said, by the way, he said, bring a little morsel of bread in your hand to me. Now that stopped her. All right, you, you've, you've heard where the straw that broke the camel's back, okay, that's the point, right? That's the moment we're at. She stopped. And she turned around, she looked at Elijah. <laughs> She said, I have not a cake, sir. Bring you a pinch of it. As a matter of fact, ain't that what the devil tells us? It's all fact. You're going down, Paul. You're going down. That's a fact. As a matter of fact, the only reason I'm out here is so I can get a couple of sticks. So I can make me and my son a little, little bread. Because today we're going to eat it and we're going to die. <laughs> God loves that stuff. But only God now can do what he's fixing to do. See, if it had been any other way, Melissa, you might have given Elijah the credit. You might give the government the credit. You might give your neighbor the credit. But now, God's got it to the place that ain't nobody can get credit but him. She said, as a matter of fact, sir, she said, I got one barrel at the house. And she said, it's got a handful of meal is all. 
And she said, I got a little pot, a little cruise, and she said, it's got just enough oil to mix that up and to bake it. That's all I got. Oh, Elijah said, he said, don't be afraid. Huh? You hear me? Look at me now. Don't be afraid. You get to the end of your road. Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid when you get to the end of the road and the circumstances say that all hope has been taken away. Elijah said, don't be afraid. No, he said, as a matter of fact, he said, you go on in there. And he said, you make me that little bread. And by the way, make one for you and your son. For thus saith the Lord, that little barrel you got with meal in it, he said, we'll never waste until this drought is over. That little cruise that you've got all in it, he said it'll never stop pouring it out until God is done with this drought. Don't be afraid. You just do what God said, honey, and it's going to be all right. And she's at the end of her road. She's going to eat a little bread and die today. She's done starving to death. See, a little bread ain't going to keep you alive. She's going to die today. I like this. She just did what the man of God said again. <laughs> oh, boy, she was smarter than most of us. She just did what God said again. She went back in that house. Her boy done starving to death almost sitting over there. She just walked right over to that barrel, stuck her hand down in there. And I'll be, there's more than that handful, she thought. I think to myself, yeah, she probably put that on the counter and went back over there. Stuck it in. Oh, pulled some more out. Put it on the, went back over there. There's still some in there. Put her out. Hey, get up from there and give me that cruise. Oh, boy. He grabbed it. Got, she poured that thing and said, where's it coming from? When you get to the end of your road, you have found the miracle. Because God's always there. And the truth is, is that for most of us, we have got to get to the end so that He gets the credit. Because if it intervened halfway, you'd have said, look what I did. Say, preacher, that's all right. All that Old Testament stuff. I'm not going to preach it, right? You understand you can't preach all this message. But let me tell you about one. This woman had an issue of blood. What was her testimony? This is it. I've spent everything I've got on the doctors. And she said, I ain't getting better. I'm getting worse. This is it. Somebody said to her, said, Jesus is coming. Who she said? The healer. I hate it that you're unclean and can't get to the crowd. 
I hate it that you're unclean because this whole blood business and you can't come to where nobody else is. Jesus is coming, but sorry. Yet when she had got to the end of the road, she said, but I believe that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I believe that I can be made whole. Multitude thronging Jesus as he's coming through there. Crowds of people, everybody touching him. And she pushes her way through that crowd. And, 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 and as she's getting just, she just, I, I see in my mind, she just falls or kneels down and throws her hand out. And as he goes by, just a piece of that old robe touches her hand. She felt it, please. She felt it. I can see her in my mind. She just said, she felt it. She knew. Jesus said, who touched me? They said, Lord, everybody's touching you. How can you say? He said, somebody touched me. For I feel virtue gone out of me. He looked around and saw her. See, she is at her end. She is at the end. But that's where Jesus was. See, the day you got saved, it was the same thing. You was at the end of yourself. You was at the end of your life. You was at the end. Spiritually, you were at the end. And the Holy Spirit told you as much. He said, This is it. This is your day. This is it for you. You're at the end. But what you found at the end, Debbie, was life. And peace, and joy, comfort, promises. We could go on. Remember Legion? Yeah. Remember that woman caught in the very act of adultery? You know what the law said? This is the end for you. This is the end. She walked away from there, Alfred, uncondemned. And was told to go and sin no more. I suggest that the end of the road is not a bad place. Everybody I read about somehow or another, they shouting when they're coming back down the road. Amen. I, it's tough getting there, but boy, it's, it's one thing coming back. Because I found that God was at the end of my road. He's at the end. You've been there, ain't you? Been to the end of your road? We thought you was going to be dead a long time ago. That's true. That's true. When they got to the end of the road, you know who was there? That's all I know to say. Bless his holy name. And every time that I have ever been there myself, I will testify to you today that he was there. And he brought me out. Stronger than I went in. Better than I went in. With more faith than I went in with. He brought me out. He can help you today. He can help you today. Right now, while you're at the end of your rope, the end of the road, the Holy Spirit's showing you as much that you're at the end. This is it for you. You've got to make a decision today. I want you to know that He's right here. This is the day He wants to make a change in you that nobody can unchange. 
He wants to make it right in you forever at the end of your road. Would you stand with us as we give you an invitation this morning to obey God and know what it means to have peace. Would you come to Him today?